My name is Teddy Raxick, and I'm joined here with my good friend, Matt Park. Matt? Thanks for having me today, Teddy. You know what they say is a uh, Rams fan and Chargers fan walk into a bar and we get this podcast. And we get what we're listening to right now. So I'm not going to waste any time because we got a lot to talk about. So I'm going to dive, we're going to dive right into it. So what we're going to do today, guys, is we're going to do a power rankings, but we're going to do it um, through division. We're going to go top to bottom predictions, maybe go into a little bit of depth for some, you know, some acquisitions that they previously did. And then we're going to go into more depth for the Rams and the Chargers. Cause as you know, my friend Matt is a really big Chargers fan and I am a very, very big Rams fan. So first division, we're going to have to tackle. The hottest division right now. Well, the AFC North is really interesting this year. Um, Obviously, we've seen a lot of turnover, a lot of change in this division uh, with Lamar Jackson coming in for the Ravens, you know, taking over that offense. Um, We don't need to talk about the the AB and Le'Veon Bell situations. We could go on all day about that for a different show. So long story short, basically, what I'm saying is the time is now for the Cleveland Browns to rise up and take that division. So I'm going to go ahead and have them ranked number one, followed by the Baltimore Ravens two, Steelers at three, and the Cincinnati Bengals at four. Teddy, how does that stack up to what you've got over there? See, right now I have – so I have Browns at number one because I think that offense could be phenomenal. Nothing short but phenomenal. I think it could be something really, really special. But – I have the Steelers at two, and then I have um, the Ravens at three, and then the the Bengals at four. I just, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just not. I, I just think that you know Juju Smith and James right. Conner, they could really make some stuff yeah, happen. Yeah, that's fair. And Neither of not have, have I been up for the record, um, but I've liked what they've yet. done in the offseason with the signing of Mark Ingram, uh, drafting uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown in the draft. They went very wide receiver heavy in the draft, which is something that that uh, team desperately needs. Obviously, the signing of Earl Thomas makes their secondary even better, as, as great as it was last year. So, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you too much on uh, between the ranking of the Steelers and the Ravens. Though they're very close in my book. But I, uh, at the end of the day, I do have the Browns um, atop that division with all the uh, offseason acquisitions they've made. Um, I think the time's now for the Browns. Obviously, the Odell Beckham trade, um, signing of, of Kareem Hunt to compliment Nick Chubb in the backfield. And uh, Baker Mayfield, and you know, we, we saw everything that that offense did last year under uh, Freddie Kitchens. So with him coming back as head coach, I think is spells great things for their future this year. And you know, they really they really need it too because that is it's been a drought in Cleveland, and it's been you know it's it's been pretty rough. I think. You know, I'm really interested to see what, what I find really fascinating is second year quarterbacks, because a lot of times you, know, you have these quarterbacks and they have a really great first year and then the adjustments come. Right. Then the defensive coordinators start making these adjustments. They start to figure it out where they like to throw different tendencies. So I really want to see, you know, how these second year quarterbacks are going to fare in the NFL. It's going to be fascinating I, to watch. I, I I'm, I'm excited it's for football season very just to watch, to watch the Browns. And, and at the same time, I'm not I'm not discounting the Steelers or the Ravens, you know. Um, these are very early power rankings, obviously, and the Steelers did some great things in the draft as well. So, um, you know, if we have the Browns up top right now, but if uh, Baltimore or Pittsburgh or even Cincinnati comes up and surprises people, well, uh, hey, you know, that's why we have our way too early, uh, way too early power rankings here on the show. Yeah, well, it's, it's way too early for a reason. Okay. Um, and then the, the last thing that I wanted to touch upon before we move on to the 
to the next division is and I wanted to ask you about Andy Dalton, yeah. right? They, to me, he's a walking enigma. You know, it's right? really interesting. Ups, I think the, the Bengals are, are definitely committed to him for at least one year. more year with under new, uh, obviously, you're familiar with Teddy, uh, rookie head coach Zach Taylor. Um, but the, the, they went heavy. Uh, they got one of the best offensive linemen in the draft. They didn't draft a quarterback mm-hmm. or sign one in free agency. So I think they very, they're, they're committed to Andy Dalton for at least one more year. So he's got one last shot to do it here. And he's got the weapons. You know, he's got Joe Mixon out of the backfield. He's still got A.J. Green. Um, as long as the defense can hold up, because they did take some uh, some losses with uh, obviously with losing Vontez Perfect, but uh, they're they're still going to be a very interesting team. I've always I've never been a really huge Andy Dalton hater. I think AJ Green too is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. So the the weapons are still there. So the, I I'd imagine that they at least be a seven win team this year. But you know we'll we'll see with uh, training camp. Hopefully they don't have any injuries coming up. Um, obviously, you know, like we said, way too early rankings, but that's kind of how I feel about the Bengals. They're just in a really tough division. Yeah, I'm. I'm not that. I'm not too much about your it, favorite. Okay. Your favorite division, so, right, Teddy? Next but, division, by the way. AFC South. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 This, oh, okay. God, this is yeah. This is uh, my my rank control. I don't want to rant. I'm going to go into the oh, AFC South real quick just to keep Teddy from losing his mind over there. But uh, I mean, you know, it's a really easy pick for me to have in the Indianapolis Colts at the top of the division, um, followed by the Jaguars, Houston, and Tennessee. You know, when you think about it, it is kind of hard to really stat out that division because there's a lot of wild cards in there. We don't know what the Titans are going to look like. Um, you know, we, we don't know uh, too much what the Jacksonville defense is going to look like or what the offense is going to look like under Nick Foles. But the most the, the safest team in, of this bunch has to be the Indianapolis Colts. What they did last year has set them up completely for uh, success in the next five years. They finally gave Andrew Luck an offensive line, which, oh, my God. Uh, did you know that? that? That for Andrew Luck to succeed, he might need a good offensive line. It looks like the Colts front office finally figured that out. <laughs> Uh, drafting Quentin Nelson, which is he might have been one of the best overall uh, athletes in that draft last year, and then and then backed it up in the second round with the signing of Darius Leonard. So, oh yeah, they have a defense now. They have a really dominant offensive line. They've got a great running back in Marlon Mack. They've got great wide receivers in uh, T.Y. Hilton and signing of Devin Funches. And oh, by the way, they've got one of the best quarterbacks in football. So I think for me, it's an easy pick to to put the Colts at the top. But uh, go ahead, I'll, I'll let you uh, get to it too. How do you have this division ranked? So right now, obviously, I'm, I'm with you. I I have the Colts right there. That offensive line. See, people, people, you know, when you think of a, a good NFL, no, team, absolutely don't give not. You're absolutely right. <laughs> am I am I a little biased because I played offensive line in high school? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's you know people don't give them enough credit. Look, the off- good offensive line. It doesn't matter who's running the football because they you know make holes. You know, you give someone like Andrew Luck enough time to make throws. Andrew Luck's an incredibly smart quarterback. He's gifted. He's right. much more of an athlete. He didn't test too far behind Robert Griffin III when they were in the combine, but people don't even realize, you know. So, anyways, I have the Colts up there. You know, um, Leonard, a wonderful linebacker. You know, he doesn't get enough credit okay. either. But, you know, well, a wonderful linebacker. Then I have the, I have the Texans next. Yeah. And then, you know, because, you know, Deshaun Watson, when he's healthy, that he's something else. He is something else. A, a true – dual threat quarterback but the question is can they protect the guy can he like oh my god he's just he has no you know he has no protection he's a wonderful talent but has no protection which we're going to see later in the podcast it's this is going to be a theme in the nfl sadly but anyways yeah so um i i don't know jj watt i don't think he's the same player that he that he used to be with all those injuries which is a shame because you know a healthy jj watt changes things 
I think, you know, they have a very good defense over there when everyone's healthy. Um, and then I have to put, you know, I put the, uh, I'll put the Jaguars next and, you know, it frustrates me because the Jaguars, the, oh my God, you know, they, <laughs> they had a real good shot a couple years ago at dethroning the, uh, the Patriots. And they have, and they had a wonderful defense. It's still a solid yeah, defense, we'll have to, but they're yeah. Offense, that's one thing. That's why just, we can't rank them too high. You know, In fact, I may, I may have them it too high, so but I just, I haven't ranked where they are just because of their defense. You know, their defense wasn't. It was. They weren't bad last year. I mean, it's, it's. You're not gonna have a bad defense with Jalen Ramsey, with Calais Campbell on the inside. With Miles Jack, and then oh, and by the way, they got the steal of the draft in Josh Allen. He was he was projected by many to be a top three guy. They got him at number seven overall. So I think their defense next year will, will be fine. Yes, I yes. like Nick Foles. Um, it's just a matter of, of of the their offense being able to sustain drives because they don't have a lot of we- uh, weapons as far as pass catchers go. But Leonard Fournette will be back, and hopefully, if he stays healthy, I'd imagine they'd at least be a nine win t- uh, team coming up next year. Ooh, that's a that's a bold statement. See, I don't know because I have, um, you know, I, I like Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles is a big time player. There's certain players just in sports right. in general that when they get to the playoffs or like like a big moment, they shine, right? But to be honest with you, I'm just not 100 percent sold on Nick Foles being like an everyday quarterback, like like you know regular season quarterback. Can he get them there? Right, because we know once he gets to the playoffs, he elevates his game. But the question is, can he get them there? And but what what frustrates me too with the Jaguars is that their receiving core, they have like absolutely nobody to help Nick Foles. You know, they have Leonard Fournette, a truly talented running back, when healthy, right? When healthy, but you know, when they the receiving core is frustrating because they let Allen Robinson walk, and then you know, Marquise Lee gets hurt, and then you know Allen Hearns, and this is you know he leaves, so they didn't really want to sign anyone, and then they and they wonder why you know Blake Bortles, not saying he's he's a quality quarterback, but they wonder why he he's having trouble. So I have the Jaguars there, and then I um, have the Titans over uh, at yep. Titans at number four in the division, and that's just because we need to get Marcus Mariota some help. <laughs> it's like that is so frustrating and you know there's a lot of quarterbacks who just don't have a lot of help you know he didn't really he had what he, i think Corey davis was supposed to be the big the big addition and he didn't really yeah. do much and then well, overall, we'll see how the they titans use derrick henry are, coming up that'll be an interesting development for the titans offense the titans. but the thing is marcus Mariota does have weapons so i would say this year is, is his really big prove it year because you know with derrick he's got a really good offensive line he's got derrick henry he's got Corey davis on the outside so they're They've they've got pieces there. They obviously Delaney Walker and Marcus Mariota also have a very really good repertoire there. But yeah, I mean he's got weapons, but I you know I I can't see them doing too much outside of you know there's there's I think there's just too many good teams in this division for them to really make some noise. Yeah, that yeah, and especially the AFC is just stacked. Let's be real, the AFC is is a really really tough. Um, Tough comp, uh, division okay. to play in. But so now I want to talk about one of the most least liked divisions because of a certain particular team. Okay. And maybe too soon for both of us to talk about it, but let's, let's well, go to the uh, AFC. You know, I'm actually really interested like, in the what, AFC what you, this year. What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts? Um, obviously, on the I have the Patriots. I have them ranked at number one. How, you know, it's, how could you not? Especially in that division. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like them, but it is what it is. You know, under Bill, Bill Belichick is one of the best head coaches in football. Probably, I'd say, in league history. He's, he's definitely up there with. Uh, with Vince Lombardi, it's got to be those two. But so as long as he's the head coach of that team, it's hard to not have them ranked at number one. But I'm really interested to see what the Jets look like this year. The Jets, 
Oh boy, we could talk about the Jets for a while, can't we? I mean, this week they just fired their general manager, which is you know obviously right after the draft, right after free agency, when they've spent a ton of money here on free agents. But I think they're going to be a good team next year. I think they could definitely compete for a wild card spot, maybe even push New England for the division title, if I'm not being too bold here. But I like Sam Darnold. Obviously, they get Le'Veon Bell. They get C.J. Mosley. They get one of the best uh, defensive linemen or just best football players in the draft, and Quinn Williams. They got him at uh, they got him at number three overall. So I think the Jets will be good this uh, this upcoming year. I, I don't think it'll be another easy easy uh, path for the Patriots to the top. But so I have the Patriots there, the Jets there, and then I've got the the Dolphins at three. That maybe that might be my my hottest take so far today, and the Bills at four. Uh, how, how do you have this stacked up, Teddy? Well, to be honest with you, I, I, I this is where I disagree with you a little bit. I think the Patriots are going to take a cakewalk through this division. Okay, I don't see I don't see any of these teams giving them giving them any sort of problem, any really? sort of problem. Any so problems? I have I have the Patriots. Now this this is this is a bold take. I don't, to me, I don't think it's that bold. So I have the Patriots at number one in the division. Also, number one in my overall power rankings for the NFL, just in general. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, the Patriots have been so dominant for so long. The only thing that's going to change my mind is the moment when, you know, as Max Kellerman would say on first take, when Tom Brady has that cliff game or, you know, he starts to get to that cliff. But until then, the dude's, what, 42 years old. He's still winning Super Bowls. He's still finding ways to win. He's incredible. And to me, in my opinion, he's one of the best players to ever touch a football. So until until he starts to slow down, he equalizes everything. You know, you have a you're going up against a team with a good defense, bad defense, good offense, bad off, offense. It doesn't matter. Tom Brady is someone that, you know, he changes everything. Yeah. Absolutely, and he makes everyone else around him better too. If you take any of these other wide receivers, you you know, give them to some like mediocre quarterbacks, I don't think that they their game would be elevated the way that Tom Brady has elevated their game. He makes everyone around him so much better, even with losing Gronk, even you know. I, I still have the Patriots, you know, just walk waltzing through this division. I'm, yeah, I'm sold with them, but yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was gonna um, bring that up too because it's I mean the, it's worth mentioning their offense will look different this year, especially when, once they get down to the red zone uh, without without Gronk there. But you know it's it's hard mm-hmm. it's hard to discredit them at this point. You know I, we were talking about doing a you know a straight up power rankings um, segment, and I was also going to have them at number one because just just based on track record, what they've done with Bill Belichick and Brady. Yeah, we don't need to talk about the Patriots that much. They're number one. They're you know, but at the same time, they are going to look different. So it's it's worth it's <laughs> worth bringing up. But I do like Son. I, I like their backfield a lot. Sonny Michelle is a, is a, one of the greatest. I think he's one of my favorite um, young running backs in the league right now. But also they've still got him backed up with a reliable James White and Rex Burkhead. So they'll be fine. The offense will be fine. Um, and I really like their uh, drafting of uh, Nikhil Harry this year in the first round. But um, so how about how about Teddy? I want to hear your take, though. You know, we, we did. T- we talked uh, briefly about this before the show. What do you think about the Dolphins this year? The Dolphins. Let's talk about the bottom half of this division, the Dolphins and the Bills, because I think that is worth worth mentioning, isn't it? Oh, my God. OK, so the Dolphins, the Dolphins, the Dolphins. OK, I have the Dolphins right now at the very bottom of my power ranking, just overall in the NFL, right? I've, I'm at the very bottom. I just, you know, I, I, I don't see them really making too many strides. But, but I will say, though, that I think that that trade for Josh Rosen, I want to put that out there. I think Josh Rosen could save Miami. Now, they're going to have to build around him. Yeah, we, we could talk Cardinals about that. Were, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but the Cardinals were reluctant to do. 
because that that would that that yeah. you know you know that'll grind both of our gears, and we're not even Cardinals fans. But <laughs> but anyways, you know, I'm just I'm just not sold on I'm just not sold on the Dolphins. They play in a in a little bit of a tougher division with the Patriots. It's you know they don't they don't really have any offensive weapons that really you know stick out to me. They don't you know I'm just I'm just really not sold on them that much. I think so. I have them at the very bottom, and then I'll put the um, I'll put the Jets at number two because I th- I'm really like just like you. I'm very very interested to see how Le'Veon Bell compliments Sam Darnold. And, you know, they have a really good defense brewing in, in New York. I think, you know, if somehow by the grace of God, the Patriots somehow come back down to earth and they're a human football team, then I think that I, I think the Jets are going to be next okay. in the division. But that, that's going to be the only time will tell. You know, for all we know, Tom Brady could throw football to at least 60. And then I have the Bills um, at number three, and I'm just not really sold on I'm, – I'm not really nuts about Josh, Josh Allen. I mean, has he really gotten a fair shake? You know, Buffalo's a tough place to play. It's snowing half the season. It's a tough place to play. But he's a dual-threat quarterback, but I think that's because he has to be because, you know, he has trouble finding people downfield. And he has a big arm, but he's not necessarily accurate. But, you know, it'll be really interesting to see. But I, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I do up, like I the, the, the Dolphins' uh, defense. Their defense is, is, was played well last year, and then they compliment, they backed that up by getting one of the best defense interior uh, defensive linemen in the draft. So, I think their defense could win them some games. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what the Dolphins are going to look like. Do I think they're going to do a lot of damage this year? No, but I think they're going to be a very interesting team to watch. And, you know, so that's why I have them ranked above the Bills, just because I, I, I like their defense. I like Rosen, or I like the potential for Josh Rosen. He might even he might not even start week one. It could still be our, our, old, uh, our old pal here, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, uh, just stealing the show. Yeah. So you know that's oh, going to be a fun Ryan team to watch this magic. year, and so I, I'm I'm at least looking forward to to watching this division because I I don't think it's going to be an, an easy an easy path for the Patriots, but they're probably going to win the division again. So yeah, I you know I I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of what I see with, right. the, with the AFC East is a lot of upside. Like you know there's there's a few teams that you know you know the Jets, you know maybe the Bills if they decide to you know finally build around you know josh allen and then maybe if the dolphins you know if, if rosen projects the way we think he will you know th- i think there's a lot of promise you know it's, it's a, you know there's a lot of potential in the afc east but there's just not a lot of teams right now you know excluding the patriots that i see as like a, a threat this season but okay, okay so i'm gonna leave the afc afc west for last so we'll, we'll move on to the nfc so you know, let's let's get into something a little interesting. Let's okay, go well, the NFC North, North. Uh, NFC might North. be the what best of, overall, that? top to bottom. Might be the best division in football. I don't see a lot of bad teams here. You know, we, you know, we covered the AFC South. There's some bad teams there. Uh, the AFC North. Yeah, there's some bad teams there. The NFC North. I really don't feel that way about. So I've got this uh, lined up, and this is obviously very early. And this, I, I could. There's a universe where this, where this, this list can just be turned on its head. But I've got the Bears at one, the Packers at two, the Vikings at three, and the Lions at four. How does that? Uh... That's it. You know, so that you know that that's interesting. That's interesting. So after hearing this list, I, I, I'm really curious. I think one of the biggest enigmas um, in this division would have to be Mitchell Trubisky. So he had, he had a solid year last year, right? Again, he is backed by a very, very vicious defense, in my opinion, the best defense in the NFL. So what, do you, what well, are your he's thoughts not the on best Trubisky quarterback in this division? I'm going to go on out on a limb here and say he's not the best quarterback in this division. But he's – 
Yeah, I, mean, I like what they did in the draft, though. I like surprise, them going surprise. David Montgomery to compliment Tariq Cohen. I mean, obviously they traded Jordan Howard away, but they've got a really good backfield. They've got some good receivers and Allen Robinson. I like, I like their offense with with what they've got on the defensive side of the football. I think their offense really uh, is it's built to just win games and grind out clocks. So I think you know, unless we see a, a serious regression from their defense. I think the Bears should still be the favorites to win this division, even in a division with Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, see, you know, it's interesting. When I, when I see Mitchell Trubisky, I see someone – he kind of reminds me of Jared Goff, not necessarily the way he plays, but what he's asked to do. Mitchell Trubisky is not asked to, like, carry the, the Chicago Bears. Right, he's just asked to make the right throws at the right time. He puts them in position to win. He knows that right. if he gets ten to thirteen points, that's more than enough with that defense. You know, so he's not he's not necessarily asked to do that. And I think he's a, a young, promising uh, quarterback. I think he I think he showed a lot. I think he showed he's not going to shy away from big moments. Um, and so I'm really interested to see how he pans out. You know, I. I, I the Bears kind of make me sick because after what they did Thanks. to my uh, after did, yeah, what they did to my Rams the regular season, but <laughs> but I do have them. Yeah, that defense is ridiculous. Um, so I have the the Bears at number one. I have the Packers mm-hmm. at number two, which is really weird saying that the Packers at number two. Then I have the Vikings at three, and then I have the uh, the Lions at at four. So I think that division it is it is a lot more well balanced than some of these other divisions, like you were saying. But I, I think it just really depends. The whole division really just depends on one person, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Is he healthy, and how all that's how all that stuff pans out? Because he's similar to like Tom Brady. He changes his health and his, you know, how he's able to, um, you know, play. Just changes the whole league. Yeah, I he think just has that kind of impact. Obviously, this is will be their first year under new head coach uh, Matt Lafleur. But I think Aaron Rodgers will be fine this year. You know, he's got Devontae Adams. They've got a couple good running backs there. I think it sounds like they want to run the ball more, but you know, and they spent more money in, on defensive players in free agency. So I think the Packers could. Uh, it, it should, it's very likely that we'll see a bounce back year for the Green Bay Packers and possibly a return to the playoffs. But, um, you know, I just feel bad, though, because also we've got Minnesota in this division and Detroit. And those two teams are, you know, teams that are, are I want to say, around seven to nine wins, possibly more. But it's, it's just hard to predict that when they're playing in such a tough division with, with all this great competition at the quarterback position. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I look at, you know, Detroit and you look at Minnesota and you initially you look at those teams and you're like, oh, gross. You know, like look at the records and, and, but you know, you gotta, you gotta pump the brakes really quick. You got, you gotta pump the brakes because Minnesota still, absolutely still has an amazing defense. You know, maybe they're a little bit lackluster on offense, but that defense is no joke. And I think that, um, I think the Lions do, the Lions lost a lot of close games. A lot of close games. And, you know, to be honest, I'm not a huge Matthew Stafford fan, but I think that he, he definitely could be – he has – he could be playing better than the way he has been. But, you know, he also – they don't have a lot of offensive weapons. There's nobody on the Lions right now that, like, yeah, and, I, and I'm really scared of. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm like, ooh, it's not like – it's not even, say, like the Raiders. Like, ooh, you know, you got to double Antonio Brown. They have, they have no Tyreek Hill. They have no, you know, no big threat. You know, they've had this. Yeah, I mean, they do have some good receivers. You're right. They don't have a true number one. But uh, a couple of interesting players to watch will be Kenny Galladay coming into his own at the end of last year as a number one receiver for the Lions. And uh, on Johnson, two player, two young players. So uh, those two mm-hmm. are, are the two players to watch for this team. But overall, it's, yeah, it's hard to, you know, 
project them winning more than seven, eight games this season in that division. It, yeah, it's just frustrating because I, I look at this team. They don't really have a true running back one. They don't have a true wide receiver one. So it's hard to really get behind that and, you know, and rally behind that. And, then, you know, I, as much as – I love to bag on Matthew Stafford as, a, as someone that's underperformed. But, you know, this you know, is one of those situations that we've seen, as we mentioned a lot in the past, where they don't, he doesn't have a lot of help. He just doesn't have a lot of help, and it's hard to expect him to get those things done. Um, it'll be interesting. So then, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, so sure. What, what oh, I, I love talking about the Vikings. Like, I like that team yeah, a lot. Give, give yeah, them a little bit of attention here. Just, just a little bit, just a little bit. So what do you, what do you think? Do you think that no, I think, I think Kirk Cousins is fine. You know, they, uh, they obviously thoughts. signed him to a max deal uh, in, in the last off season. But if you watch that team this year, their problem wasn't that quarterback. It was that offensive line. He was getting hit every time he dropped back, every time he, even if he, if he completed the pass, he was still getting hit. So that's why I think it was important to see that they went and addressed the offensive line right then and there in the first round of the NFL draft. So, um, you know, I, I do have them at three, but I think they're also it's also very possible that they could win nine to ten games this year. I love their wide receivers. Uh, we'll see if Delvin Cook can stay healthy. And like you said, they've got a great defense. So if that offensive line holds up, don't be surprised if the Vikings can, uh, you know, finish a little bit higher than third in the NFC North. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see if they can establish their run game. That's what I'm really interested to see if they could, you know, they can get that kind of going. You know, Dalvin Cook kind of, you know, battle, battling some stuff and uh, battling some injuries here and there. And it's just when you can't, you know, when you can't establish a solid run right. game in the NFL, it really makes your offense like incredibly one dimensional. And that's what, you know, that, that, put, that puts Kirk Cousins at a big disadvantage. Now, I don't think he's like a bust. But, I mean, you know, but it's, it's hard to – when you give someone that much money and you still don't make playoffs, it's like you kind of expect them to elevate the rest of the team. But I think that they – you know, Dalvin Cook can, can stay healthy. Teams to watch out for in the NFC North. Um, let's go to one division that I'm not particularly fond of. Let's talk about South. All right, we'll jump into the NFC South. How do you have the NFC South? So, uh, very. This is a very interesting division. This is a really interesting division. Um, so, right now, I've got this ranked as uh, I've got the Saints at one, the Falcons at two, the Panthers at three, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four. The yeah, I'll tell you one thing about the NFC South. The easiest. Um, prediction for me to make here was the Tampa Bay Bucks in uh in fourth I, I think that team will take a good step forward this year I think they'll definitely be better than they were under Dirk Cutter with the signing of Bruce Arians I thought that was a fantastic offseason acquisition for them um but yeah it, it's hard to imagine uh Jameis Winston and company you know um finishing higher than, than the Panthers, the Falcons, who I think will have a major bounce back year this year, and the Saints. But I still do have the Saints winning that division. But, uh, Teddy, let me hear how you have that division ranked out. Hello?
All right. So another division that I find really interesting, which I think could have, you know, two potential wild card teams. And I think one of the best teams in the NFC in general is the uh, NFC South. So, Matt, yeah, you know, I think, think two wild card teams from this division is a pretty uh, is a pretty fair take here. So uh, right now I've got the Saints at one, the Falcons at two, the Panthers at three and the Bucks at four. You know, the only easy pick here um, was the uh, Bucks at four. I think this team, I think even even the Bucks will be a lot better than they were last year under Bruce Arians. Um, but they're also playing in such a tough division that uh, so I have Carolina at three. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of their offense. Um, their their defense should be better as well this year. But uh, everything contingents on the health of Cam Newton. As of right now, it seems like that might be a bit of a question mark. So that's why I have them at three. The Falcons, I really like this year. I think I think they'll be a, a back to where they were uh, in the year when they went on their Super Bowl run. I love that they went in on the offensive line. I think that that means great things for their uh, their receivers. Obviously, Matt Ryan and Devontae Freeman. Um, and their defense last year was uh, they've got, people forget they've they've got a really good defense uh, with uh, Keanu Neal at safety. Um, they they just saw a bunch of injuries on the defensive side of the football early last year. So I think uh, they should be better. But I think also uh, the New Orleans Saints are one of the bet the hottest teams in the uh, in the NFC. They've got a great defense, and obviously with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara coming out the backfield. Uh, that's uh, yeah, that's going to be tough to tough to beat. So I want to hear though how you have this uh, division ranked out though, Teddy. So right now, obviously, you have to have the Saints at number one. I think the Saints are either the the second best team or the second or third best team overall in the NFL. I have them as the best team in just the NFC in general. Um, I think there's just, just too many threats on the offensive side of the football. I think you know with Michael Thomas is a total speed demon, and then you have Alvin Kamara. But I'm, inter- I'm interested to see how Alvin Kamara is as the true lead back when he's not, you know, spending right. that time a little bit with Mark Ingram. Because, you know, Mark Ingram, what people don't realize, you know, you know, yes, a lot of carries is a lot more points and all that kind of stuff, but it takes a huge toll. It takes a huge toll on your body. You know, these are, these are some grown men, you know, tackling you and throwing you down and stuff like that. So I think I'm interested to see his usage. So I have the Saints at number one. I have the Falcons at number two. I have the Panthers at number three. And I have the Bucks at number four. I think that, you know, Matt Ryan, and I, I think that they're just a very well when, – when they're healthy, they're a very well-balanced team. I, I just think, you know, the, the, you know Devontae Freeman, and you can't you never count – you can never um, count out Julio Jones. That dude is just a, yeah. is an absolute monster. And then um, I have the Panthers coming up next. Um, you know, they, they did just lose uh, Thomas Davis yes, to uh, yours truly. <laughs> and they uh, – we'll talk about that in a little bit. And But, I, you know, it's just interesting to see – you know, with Cam Newton, he kind of foreshadows with these kind of dual threat quarterbacks what can happen to them. You know, they don't they don't have a lot of um, they don't have a long shelf life in the NFL, unfortunately, unless they change their game because you take a lot of these hits, and it's just not you know. And it, I I do think that in sports there it sounds kind of weird. You hear me out on this? It sounds kind of weird, but there are certain games that just change that that can just change a player. And I think that Super Bowl loss just it just changed Cam Newton. He was just didn't seem the same. He didn't see have the same swagger on and off the field, and it just it really it kind of damaged him. So you know, I'm interested to see how he kind of like kind of bounces back from last season. And then the Bucks, um, the Bucks, Bucks are a joke right now. Uh, <laughs> the listen, Bucks are a joke. You know, I I, I, I think there's seriously. some there's uh, there's a bit of upside there with their offense. Uh, they've got some really good skill players with uh, OJ Howard at tight end, Mike Evans at wide receiver, and Bruce Arians seems to really like Jameis Winston. 
Um, you know, say what you will about Jameis, but uh, Bruce Arians it seems to be really in on him, and we've all seen how how uh, much of a difference he can he can be for an offense. Um, you know, he obviously coached the Cardinals with uh, with with Carson Palmer, and so he's. I think I think the Bucks are an interesting team this year, but I, I, again, it's they're they're playing in a really tough division. It's I have them at around five to seven wins though this year, you know. So I think we'll be we'll see a little bit of a step forward for the Bucks here. But uh, yeah, overall, this is going to be a division that runs through the Falcons and the Saints. I I just think that you know Jameis Winston frustrates me. You know he really frustrates me because you you look at the guy, you look at what he's what he can do when he can just keep his mind right and he can just you know focus on football and there's no off you know off field shenanigans going on the dude can play when he doesn't have all this extra stuff going on all this extra drama going on you know he can play and it just frustrates me seeing such young talent being wasted to um to, to stuff like that you know you know it, just, it frustrates me i think if you know if they have do they have the potentials to make you know a formidable offense yes Am I sold on them being a threat? A threat, Absolutely no, not. but I think <laughs> but we'll definitely see a I, bit I, more of a step in the right direction for this team this year. I think, but yeah, yeah, this is going to be an interesting season for the Bucks. But I'm a, I'm a big Bruce Arians fan, so I think he could be a, a, a pretty decent uh, difference maker in that locker room. So we'll see. Yeah, and then so moving on to another division, which I think, in my opinion, is one of the hardest to rank is Ooh, okay. the NFC East. So how do you how do, how do you stack that up? You know, you got you got a lot of you got some pieces moving, you have some potential, you know, signings coming in in the offseason. So how do you how do you have first of all, how do you have that ranked? Secondly, where do you see the division going? Well, so the, for this year actually, it wasn't too hard for me to rank this division. It's I had the Eagles, Cowboys, Redskins and Giants. Um, you know, I think last year was a bit of a of an anomaly for the Eagles. Um Obviously, Car- the the health of Carson Wentz is is the difference here. But I like how they went in on the offensive line. They traded back and were able to grab one of the best um, tackles in the draft in Andre Dillard. So I, they they do that. Um, Carson Wentz is a uh, I mean, is no question this year it's going to be a Carson Wentz led offense. We we all seen what he what he what he can do when he's uh, um, when he's healthy. Obviously, there was that uh, a couple years ago when he got hurt in that game against the Rams. But before that, he was on track to being the league MVP, and it wasn't even close. So I do like the Eagles a lot this year. I think their 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 defense is is looking a lot better. Um, I, I yeah, I just think the only reason that the Cowboys won the division last year is because um, Carson Wentz wasn't healthy. Um, uh, no, honestly, I'm not. I'm not a huge Dak fan. I like I like I like <laughs> Zeke, you know, but it, it is a very like old school way of football that's that's pretty easy to um, to figure out. So, but I do have the Cowboys in second. Uh, Washington is probably the biggest question mark in the, in the league for me. It's just, they're, they're, I mean, they're interesting, but they've got all these question marks all over the field. We don't know what Dwayne Haskins is going to look like if he's even going to start. We don't know what the receivers are going to look like because they don't really have a proven number one guy. And it's going to, and then, you know, obviously their, their, their backfield is a question mark. I mean, we know they have AP and they spent high draft capital last year on Darius Geis, but he tore his ACL in the preseason. So, you know, we don't know what that team's going to look like, but I have them at three because I know the Giants are just going to be an absolute mess, and it's that's not hard to predict. I love Saquon Barkley, man, but <laughs> they, oh yeah, that, that team they're they're not going to be good next year. I'm going to go out on the limb and say the Giants are not going to be good, regardless of who's who who they're starting at quarterback. The, what what worries me about the Giants is that I hope I hope they do not overuse Saquon Barkley and get him injured because he is such a wonderful talent and he is so young. I just don't want him to be getting like 
like 25 carries a game because that, you know, that would just be brutal for him. And especially because he's the only real threat. So they could, they could stack the box against the Giants. And that's a real possibility. But, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm going to get a little, a little, a little okay. weird here on these rankings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the All Cowboys right. at one. I'm going to put the Cowboys. Yep, you heard it here. The Cowboys at number one. And then, uh, you know, I just, I just think that they, uh, I, I, I like Dak Prescott. I think he, I think he made a lot of good chemistry with Amari Cooper. I think that they going into the season, I just, I just see them getting on a really good, getting on a really good rhythm, and that opened things up for you know Ezekiel Elliott. Is the offensive line what it used to be? No. Is it still good? Yes. Um, and I you know I, I really see you know they had, um, they, they, I think they drafted really well. I think that they, you know, don't get enough credit for what they can do. You know, it's like the Cowboys, you know, the, the Cowboys go four and one, you know, everyone, everyone just, it's like the Lakers. Everyone just hates the Cowboys, but I think the Cowboys are a really good threat. Um, the, the, the Eagles I'm iffy on the Eagles. I'm iffy on. And it's the one reason is just Carson Wentz being healthy. I'm just not sold on Carson Wentz being healthy. And now they don't have Nick Foles to save the day. They don't have that fail safe anymore. So I'm not really, I'm not hundred percent sold. Um, so the Eagles at two, and the Redskins are at three. I don't. I have no idea what to make of that. I, you know, for some reason, Dwayne Haskins kind of reminds me of um, of Winston a little bit. I don't know why. He just seems he's kind of has that kind of like that swagger. He kind of you know can make those big plays. He's not afraid of the big moments. But you know, I just I just don't see a lot of threats. You have a lot of guys coming off with injuries. You know, if everyone's healthy on the Redskins, you know, maybe maybe they'll they'll you know change some minds. They'll turn some heads. But then when it comes to the Giants, you know, yeah. uh, like I mentioned earlier, I just, I, I just see, I see them overfeeding the Rock to Saquon Barkley. They're going to stack the box, kind of like what they, what they did against the Rams, where they just stacked the box because they're like, no, we're so afraid of the run. You know, well, yeah, Eli beat us. You know, I, so I, I'm not 100% sold in the Giants. I really don't see them coming in as a fully energized team. They just lost, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, they can make plays in Cleveland. So I'm yeah. not, I'm not particularly sold. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not. Yeah, I, I am not either. And we could we could have another segment where we go on and on about the dumb decisions that Dave Gettleman has made over the past couple of months. But you know that's oh, why I'm boy. happy to not be a Giants fan. I mean, I, that Odell Beckham trade still boggles my <laughs> mind. Just trading a player of that caliber in the prime of his career. I don't care how much money he's making or you know what, how much cap space you could save. I think you have to make it a priority to keep guys like that. But so it's good to see we've got uh, we've got the same uh, teams up in the top two here in the NFC East with the uh, with the with the Eagles and the Cowboys. We just have them ranked differently. But it's yeah, Washington at three and the Giants at four. Um, as far as the future of the division goes, I think it's what's interesting though is this might be Dallas's best shot for winning the whole thing in this particular window because once they have to pay Zeke and once they have to pay Dak, it depends how much Dak is going to ask for, which remains to be seen. Um, I think I think that puts them in a lot of trouble because their defense is in a good spot right now. Um, obviously, they just signed Demarcus Lawrence to a long term deal, um, but you, you're going to take some hits on on the um, where they're where they're where they're at their strongest, and that's the offensive line. You know, you just can't strap yourself to um, giving a running back all this money and uh, Dak all this money, and then Cooper's coming up. So th- it's going to be a really interesting uh, couple of seasons for the Cowboys if they don't get it done this year. You know what's interesting is like how much will how much will Dak ask for? But the but but it's like you know he people forget no, he's not no, a high draft pick. So so he's gonna and for what he's delivered, 
some playoff berths for, you know, sometimes he didn't really have that. You didn't really have the strongest supporting cast due to some injuries and suspensions and all that kind of stuff. He's delivered. And the thing you don't, it, the quarterback is a hole in, in the, in, in football where you just, you cannot have, you cannot have a whole at quarterback. You know, if you don't, if you don't have a good quarterback, you, you know, it's really hard to, you know, get any momentum or really facilitate an offense. Now, the one thing that we have to talk about, and that, you okay. know, I'm not letting you off the hook on this one. Daniel Daniel Jones, right, yeah. drafted six overall. What what were the Giants thinking? Just, just I want to know your thoughts on this. What were the New York Well, hey, I could flip this Jones around you and ask you the same question because I have no idea. But listen, I'm not in the front office. I had no idea, you know, what the <laughs> scouting process was like on Daniel Jones. Obviously, they really liked him, you know. I, and I think even, even Gettleman admitted that they could, have, they could have gotten him at 17, but he was just their guy, so they had to take him at six. Which, you know, that I, under, I understand that philosophy, but I just don't, what I don't understand is how he was viewed as, the, as their franchise guy at six overall. And when they've got all these holes all over that team, you know, a, a Giants fans, I was talking to them before the draft, and some of them were, were even saying that, yeah, don't draft a quarterback in the first round. Just go all defense or go offensive line. You know, just get the best players on the board because that, that's a team that has, that desperately needs just help all over the field. Um, but, you know, it, they, they could have gotten them at 17, whatever, but they drafted them at six. I just I, – I, I don't get it. I, you know, I, I understand that there's problems with his, uh, with his deep ball, and, and even if he's not going to play his first year, I just it's – a, it's a head-scratcher for me. I still haven't wrapped my head around that. <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah, the thing is to come off as if I, I'm not, and that I, that I dislike Daniel Jones, right? I, I think you know he 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 could he could be a yeah. good quarterback. I, I'm not the kind of person that's going to write off someone or as soon as they get drafted. But what, what my issue is is how high they drafted. Do I think Daniel Jones should have got drafted in the first round? Yes. Do I think he should have been the sixth overall pick with all of that talent? And mind you, this was a very talented draft class. This was a very, very talented draft class. And especially offensive and defensive line heavy, something that the Giants like can totally, totally use. Like I it's, it's just to me, it just doesn't make much sense. I think they could have traded down. There's just so many different ways they could have gone with it. I it, it I'm, I'm baffled. I'm I it's such one of those moves where I'm almost like Yeah, with, with Josh Allen, a, one of the best pass rushers on the board. Like they, they, they that they it's really weird. I think I even the Gettleman admitted to that in his press conference. That. He said, you know, but, he, he was torn yeah, so between I, Daniel I, Jones and uh, and uh, and Josh Allen. But you know, there's like I said, if you look at that roster, they've got they've got holes on both sides of the ball. So I think it probably wasn't the best move to draft a quarterback at six, but you know, like like we just said in the last segment though, you need a quarterback to win. They thought they have their guy, so we'll see if it works out for them. Well, yeah. So it, that'll yes, be it's that is something that I'm it's a very uh, to. I think is a, it's a very hot take, there, Teddy. <laughs> it, it's all it's a whole it, it's a mess in New York right now. It's a mess in New York. Um, <laughs> it, it, it it's not it's not looking. Yeah, it's not looking. Yeah, you know. Um, okay. Like all right. So which right West now, are we doing first? <laughs> I didn't come to some uh, amazing conclusion here, but okay. Okay. Let, let, let's get yeah. let's get to the meat of the sandwich. Let's get to the nitty gritty yes, yes, here. Yes. So we're we're gonna start off. I'm thinking AFC, so we could talk about. Okay, so right uh, like, now, like this is all subject to change, yeah, especially with AFC, with all the uh, following the, the news yeah, around the West, league right now regarding the Tyreek Hill situation. This is that that that, by the way, has huge ramifications uh, on this division, not just on the Chiefs, but on the on the division as a whole. 
Um, well, I'd also say the league. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to get too into that as far as what we know right now during as we're recording this podcast today is the, it, the incident with Tyreek Hill and his uh, domestic uh, domestic abuse situation is, is currently under investigation by the league. They have still not handed out a suspension or made any comment regarding the suspension. So as of right now, Tyreek Hill is on the roster for the Chiefs. So uh, at the moment, I have Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Um, now, if, if anything happens with, with the Tyreek Hill situation, that these rankings will be vastly changed. Um, but yeah, that's how I have things ranked out right now. You know, the, the Chiefs look like they've done a bit to, to beef up their defense. They've uh, they acquired Tyron Matthew, obviously. Uh, traded the other day for former first-round linebacker Darren Lee from the Jets. So I think it, it, it next year it's going to be close. I think it's going to be Chiefs, Chargers at the top. Then the Raiders I have, I think the Raiders are going to uh, be a lot better this year. Um, and, and then and the Broncos in, in fourth. But, you know, this is such a talented division that I, I just have a hard time, you know, putting – any team at the bottom of that division. And I say this as a diehard Charger fan. I'm, I'm very concerned with, with the way that the division is looking at this upcoming season. It's, it's you know, the AFC West is – it's it, it was ridiculous, right? You know, the Chargers – I don't know the record, team. record last yeah. season. But the Chargers had an amazing season last year, right? 12-4. and four. And we're – yes, and we're a wild card team. That's ridiculous. It's like, so I've, you know, there's, there, I think one year the Seahawks were, were about seven and nine and they made it into the playoffs. And so it's just, it's really, you know, the division, the strength of a division is so, you know, detrimental to a team's success. So I, I it's just really, I, so I don't know. I was going to dive into it because I, it, that, uh, that just baffled me completely last year. So, I, hey. you know, and it's not just going to on the podcast with you, but I have the Chargers at number one. And I have <laughs> I have the Chiefs at number two. I have the Raiders at number three, and I have a uh, and I have the uh, what was it the Broncos at number four. So I just think you know what it is is that last year was um, what was it? It was it was sort of Patrick Mahomes like coming out party, right? Everyone was trying to figure this guy out. He was throwing passes with like, looking the other way, and he was doing he was doing stuff that we hadn't really seen before. You have this whole new, no whole new style of the football. But you know, he had his team was just loaded, right? You know, his team was totally loaded. He had Kareem Hunt, he had Terry Kill, he had Travis Kelsey, he had Sammy Watkins, and you know, he had a pretty um, pretty formidable defense too to back him. But he's losing a lot of pieces this year. You know, he is losing. Yes, yes, he got the MVP, but he is losing a lot of pieces this year. I'm not sure how he's going to ha- how he's going to handle that. I hope, you know, as I hope he's someone that I don't like to cheer against you know, specific people, but I hope he's someone that can elevate the players around him. Similar to what I talked about with Tom Brady earlier. I hope he's that kind of player, but I just don't know yet. So for right. But I, I know so I know a player that that can do that. And that's Philip Rivers. So in a sense, I'm taking the safer bet. And I, you know, and I looked at a lot of the, the acquisitions, which I'm going to dive into for the for the Chargers. Is um, you know, I, I found them, I found them pretty interesting. You know, you, you get Thomas Davis, 35 years old. You know, he had three ACL injuries, still serviceable. He ranked 19th last season for linebackers, inside linebackers. You know, two year, 10 million dollar deal. So, but he, you know, 
it, what I what I saw is with a lot of these acquisitions, you know, the Chargers went really defense heavy. They got uh, Denzel Perryman. They got uh, yeah, Red Jerry Tilly out of Notre Dame. So that's Adrian the interesting Phillips. thing with and the Chargers the is they're going to be they're going to be a Jerry, lot more uh, Tilly, loaded on the defensive side of the football. Name, right? My my biggest yes, concern as a, as a fan is just how is Philip Rivers going to hold up because they didn't really address the offensive line this year. Um, obviously, we all saw them in that divisional game against the Patriots, but the offensive line was a problem, and they uh, I mean. So they, mm-hmm. they didn't draft an offensive line until the third round, and it sounds like he's going to be more of a prospect guy. So um, they do have Forrest Lamp coming back from injury. He, he was their second-round guy two years ago, tore his ACL in camp, and then uh, basically misses whole first year. Didn't play very much last year. So he's going to be moving up to the right guard position. So that's the only major development on the offensive line, as good as their defense is. And then they backed up their – um, their secondary with uh, selecting this year Adley out of um, Delaware in the second round uh, to complement Derwin James. So their defense will be fine. But the biggest question mark here for me will be the offensive line. Um, so I guess that's why I have them at number two overall, you know, I, or at least in this division. I, I, I think they should make the playoffs this year. I'm just uh, I'm just worried about the offensive line. Also, I'm a very superstitious sports guy when it comes to making predictions about my own team. <laughs> So yeah, no, I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm super pessimistic and skeptical with my own teams. I, I feel you on that. But you know, you guys got Tyrod Taylor, if I'm not mistaken. You guys got Tyrod Taylor, and I think that's wonderful insurance for Philip Rivers. You guys haven't had a quality backup in a really long time. And you know, Philip Rivers, you know, he's he's kind of older. He's like 37 years old or something like that, and he's an older quarterback. So it's really good to have um, a you know a, a, a solid you know, backup. And, and that's really underrated in the NFL. You know, people just assume that your, your starter is going to stay healthy the whole season. That doesn't happen. Like, look what the Eagles were able to do with a decent um, backup quarterback. You know what I mean? It makes a really big difference, and you have to be prepared for that. So, I, I you know, it was, I found the, the defensive tackle situation for the Chargers very interesting. So, Mabane, he's, he, he's not bad. I think he's, like, kind of okay but I'm just surprised you didn't go after Sue or Malik Jackson or Sheldon Richardson. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I felt like, you know, you guys could have, you know, pushed the envelope a little bit there and, you know, tried to get a one up, but that surprised me. But then at the same time, at the same time, maybe because you guys won Jerry uh, Tillery from Notre Dame and yeah. you know, he had eight sacks last And he was, he eight was sacks from a nose. And he was ranked as one of the uh, football tackle, focus. He was absurd. like number eight on which their big absurd. board. He was like team. their second ranked uh, defensive tackle. There was a lot of people out there that were in love with Jerry Tillery. And so for the Chargers to be able to get him at uh, 28 overall is fantastic value. So I'm very, I'm as a fan, I'm very happy with our front office, um, you know, and it's, I think it's interesting too, that you brought up the, the free agency acquisitions or how we didn't address the defensive line free agency. Uh, Tom Telesco is always a very, he's a very patient GM and he doesn't spend to the cap in free agency, which I think is a big part of the reason why the chargers are so good now is because it's a team that they draft well, they draft well and they don't spend huge capital on free agents. So, you know, I think the chargers will be, well, their defense is, will be very good next year. I'm happy where they are right now as a fan. I just, I'm superstitious about rankings, Teddy. So I, that's why I have Mahomes and company at number, at number one. But I want to hear what you have uh, on the on the Raiders and the Broncos because I know we talked about the Raiders a bit briefly before this show, and they're a very interesting team. So how do you have them finishing this season? Well, the Raiders to me, I, I it's just it they're they're that's a tough team to gauge. 
it is a tough team to gauge because, you know, with Derek Carr, I've seen the ups, I've seen the downs. I, I just don't know. And they drafted Josh Jacobs out of um, Alabama. And I, you know, I, I think, I think yes, they, they I, we, better, we talked about, but yeah, we talked about the Odell Beckham trade, trading, trading a player in the prime trade, of, his, of his career. That, that will uh, never happen. Yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> I just don't know. And then Khalil Mack is like a franchise-changing player. You know what I mean? And franchise-changing player. He's up there with like a, a healthy J.J. Watt, or maybe a little bit younger now. But, you know, like, like a J.J. Watt, he's up there with like an Aaron Donald. You know, he's a player that you could really build a defense around with. And it's really hard to find. So, I, I'm not sold on, their, on the Raiders' defense. I think offense, they made some, they made some a lot of improvements. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think that... What, what kind of bothers me, too, is that Antonio Brown became such a head case. Yeah. He became such a head case. When you're trying to rebuild, you, that's the last thing you need is someone that's trouble in the locker room. You know, and I, 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 th- I think that could stunt their growth. And yet, yet he brings a lot to the table. I, I, don't, I don't see him as, like, a top wide receiver right now just in the situation he's in because, you know, I, I don't see them really complimenting him with anyone on that offense. Because like, he had Juju Smith. He had Le'Veon Bell. So they weren't really able to focus in on him as much as they would have liked to when he was on the Steelers. So I, I'm just I'm not I don't know I'm not I'm not crazy about that I think in terms of the Broncos uh, I just I just see them as being a very like mediocre team I I don't see them being I don't I don't see any of these teams in the AFC West absolutely being terrible I don't see them going like you know four and twelve or like three and thirteen or something like that I don't see anything like that but I see I see right. you know, I look at the Raiders and I look at the Broncos and I see some teams maybe seven and nine maybe eight and eight but they're not making playoffs. There's no way they're making playoffs. And their division is just impossible, too. You have the Chargers. You have the Chiefs. They're just, they're just, they're just not a big threat. And I, I'm, just, I'm overall just not very impressed. I think the bigger story would be the Raiders out of the two, maybe because with Antonio Brown. Yeah, and you know, I do like to, Antonio going Brown. Going up to Oakland. I, mean, and I, I had him a couple Las years Vegas, in fantasy. And he carried me to some fantasy right titles. So I'm, I'm always going to be indebted to Antonio Brown. I, you know, he's a really hard worker. He's got an insane work ethic. Um, it's just unfortunate the way things played out in Pittsburgh with him, but uh, I am—I wouldn't be lying if I'm—if I, you know, if I—I'd be lying if I said I was wasn't worried about uh, Antonio Brown coming to my division because he's a game breaker for sure. So I—I I mean, I'm not convinced that he won't be a top ten or even top five wide receiver this year. He's just done it so like so many years in in Pittsburgh when even when even when the quality of play from his quarterback wasn't very high. Uh, I feel like Antonio Brown is a guy that always finds a way to get it done. So. The Raiders are going to be interesting this year. So, um, but enough of the AFC West. I know you wanted to talk about the NFC West, Teddy. I mean, I, you're big. First of all, you're a big LA Rams fan, but I know you had some things to say about the Cardinals. You might spend more time in the segment talking about the Cardinals than the Rams. But yes, I think we, we both have some stuff to say about the Cardinals. But I'll let you go ahead and take this away, with, starting with the Rams. Yeah. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get first and foremost. I'm just gonna get rid of these get rid of these power rankings real quick. I'm gonna. I'm hey, gonna start hey, off must with, be nice. Obviously, playing you know, in the I, weak I hate division. To pick my own team, but I, this is a very weak division, unless something catastrophic yeah. happens. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. I'm sitting in the lap of luxury. I I see the uh, I see the the Rams. At, I see the Rams at one. I see the Seahawks at two. I see the 49ers at oh, three. Oh, we're going to start with the Cardinals? Now, oh, let, now, let me, before, you even, you know, oh, no. before I even get to the Rams, before I even get to the Rams, okay. this is, we're going to start with the Cardinals. 
Oh no! Wait, we're going. We're going into it. We're going into it. Actually, you know, you know what? It's just I, I can't, I can't get this, I can't get this out of my head because you know, there's a lot of things I could have talked about. I could talk about the Super Bowl and you know, Gurley being hurt and you know who the Rams drafted, which we'll get to eventually. We'll get to eventually. But this, this to me is one of the biggest stories in the NFL. There's a lot going on. This to me is one of the, the biggest stories in the NFL. Now, this, this is just frustrating because so the Cardinals drafted Josh, Josh Rosen two years ago. And, you know, it comes out of UCLA, he's a little bit hurt, and, you know, they give him a, ca- a starting cast of, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> they don't give him much. They don't give him an offensive line. They give him, like, a David Johnson, which David Johnson can only do so much. They give him Larry Fitzgerald and, I think, Christian Kirk and the subpar defense. And, you know, and, and he struggles a little bit, you know, as any rookie quarterback does. And then they trade him, and then they draft Kyler Murray. They draft Kyler Murray – and the first overall pick, and they put him in the same situation. And they didn't do much to bolster the offensive line or anything else. And I'm so upset about this. I even looked up some statistics before we even started this podcast because I'm so heated right now. So Josh Rosen, so, so you look at so you have Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, and Josh Allen. And you, you hear these three quarterbacks, and you're thinking to yourselves, okay, so Rosen's the bus, and the other two, oh, they have such bright futures. They have such bright futures. And I'm, a US, I'm a diehard yeah. USC football fan. So even for me to say this, it's like it means a lot. I'm defending a UCLA quarterback that used to be in my division for the NFL. So I want to break down these stats really quick. And, you know, Josh Rosen really didn't do that much different than Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. He wasn't that far behind. If anything, he was right there. So basically, so Josh Rosen last year put up 2,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and had a QB rating of 67%. Josh Allen – had 2,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 68% quarterback rating. And then Sam Darnold had 2,900 yards, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and a 77, 77% quarterback rating. I, like that, to me, that's not very far off. And, and Josh Rosen had considerably a lot less than both those players. You know, it's, it's crazy that, they, you know, they – you know, football is one of those sports where they just give up on a player so fast. And it just baffles me. And it's just, you know, I, I went into just a little bit more depth and I'm going to let you take over because I, I know I'm not trying to, trying to rant too much. But I looked at the offensive lines, right? And I looked at the offensive lines on where they ranked for pass blocking efficiency, okay? So this was last season. The Bills ranked at uh, 12th with 85.8%. The Jets ranked 14th with 85.5%. The Cardinals, surprise, surprise, spoiler alert, they ranked dead last with 77.6% um, rating for uh, pass blocking efficiency. They gave up 34 sacks, 76 total knockdowns, tw- 218 pressures. It's just, it was ridiculous. You know what I mean? They, and they didn't bullshit offensive line at all. So I'd be, I'd be even more upset if Kyler Murray goes in that situation. Yeah, no, no, I mean, because they didn't. No, I, I completely agree. So I'm going to let you take over Matt. So the draft, they much. shouldn't have taken but Kyler Murray. They should have taken this? Quinn Williams or, or, or Nick Bosa at number one. Because in addition to what we were saying about the pass blocking efficiency and the number of sacks allowed, which is which is at the at, with the league worst in both categories, but also their defense also allowed the most yardage and the, and the most points allowed on, on like – at the end of the re- at the end of the regular season, so if you look at all the holes they have on their on their defensive line, on their offensive line, you would think this would have been the perfect draft for them to address that. But instead, they they did a, a makeover with uh, Kingsbury, and it's you know it remains to be seen if the air raid offense is going to work in the NFL at all. But it's you know I don't understand why you why you draft a quarterback at number one overall 
after drafting a quarterback in the first round the previous year and, and, you know, and just not addressing the defense. They also went very wide receiver heavy in this draft. They drafted two wide receivers and they, and you're right. They didn't address the offensive line. They didn't really address the defense that, uh, that much. So it's, yeah, I have them. I have them at the bottom of, at, uh, if we were doing like league wide power rankings, I would probably still have them at net 32 overall. I just, I, I, I don't understand what they're doing over there. You know, I get that Kingsbury thinks he has his guy, but I feel like that's also um, from a front office and asset management perspective, it's not good uh, asset management. When you have all these holes on the defensive side, you've got these great prospects in the, in the first round. Bolster your defense a bit, give Rosen some help, and, you know, but it is what it is. They traded him to Miami. So, you know, maybe we should just rename this podcast the Rosen Ones because we're big fans of Josh Rosen over here. So I don't know, man. I yeah, I'm I'm scratching my head at the Cardinals. So you guys should have uh, <laughs> easy run to the top of the division again. <laughs> I, I I hope so. It's just you know it, it gets a little bit tricky when you when you have a man named. So I, what, what would be the worst thing if you're a defense, the worst thing you could do is have a hole in the middle of your defense. Like, like you know, like inside linebacker and nose tackle. Now, we did draft Greg Gaines out of Washington. I think he could be a good player. But, you know, those are some big shoes to fill. <laughs> those are some really, really big shoes to fill. But the biggest thing for the Rams, if any Rams fans are listening or still listening, um, is, is Todd Gurley's health. That dictates the whole season. That's it, you know, and that Absolutely. that changes things because, like, like I said, um, Jared Goff is he's kind of like he's like Mitchell Trubisky, right? Jared Goff is a good quarterback. I think he's a quality quarterback. I think he's like a you know Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. But I just don't know if he's a quarterback that can carry the team every single day. He makes the right throws. He puts he puts the team in position to win, but he's not gonna take over a game. I've never seen him really take over a game before. You know, you know, like he he, he gets bailed out with you know has a really good. He always had a good run game. He's had, you know, really, really good defense. And our kicker can kick the ball from like 60-something yards. So I really hope – I really, really hope Todd Gurley's healthy. I, I think that when we drafted Daryl Henderson, that was a big, a big indicator that he's not. So I am, you know, shaking in my boots right now because I'm so nervous. But we'll see, though. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, it'll it, – yeah, because the Rams last year did sign C.J. Anderson uh, uh, ending the season after the girly injury, and he, you, you guys did kind of rely on uh, – actually, he carried the load a lot in, in those two playoff games. But, uh, yeah, so it, it, I think I agree with you. I think the, the drafting of Daryl Henderson in the third round this year has huge ramifications for how the Rams uh, feel about uh, the health of Todd Gurley. Yeah, and it just kind of worries me because I see our, the Rams offensive line is being offensive line. That's good, but not great. Like I, I don't. It's not. It's not. The, it's not the kind of offensive line like the Cowboys were a few years ago, where you can plug any running back back there and they'll and they'll rush for a thousand yards. It's it's not that dominant. It, it's okay. It's okay. Like you know, we hold our own. We're making a lot of big moves. You know, we lost Roger Stafford. Um, you know, we lost we lost Sullivan at center. You know, so this is a new offensive line on top of it. So there's it's it's going to be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised at all if the Rams struggle for the first few games of the season to kind of you know get into the rhythm. So that that you know that has me surprised. I think 
Um, the last thing I kind of wanted to touch up upon in this division is the uh, is other. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a good year coming back. I, I'd be surprised if if he didn't. I think that the I think the Forty ers are headed in the right direction. I mean, like, what what, what are your thoughts, Matt? Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to going to have a good bounce? Back? Yeah. Well, first of all, when I look at the Forty ers I'm not. I'm I'm very I'm I'm very iffy about their offense. You know, I, I, it's just a bunch of question marks. I don't know, you know, what these receivers are going to look like. Um, and then they did, they did sign um, uh, Tevin Coleman, former, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. and adding to that, that backfield, that mess of a backfield that I, for fantasy purposes, I don't know if I want too much to do oh, with that. No, no. You've got uh, Jarek McKinnon coming off that ACL injury. You've got, yeah, adding Tevin Coleman to the mix. You've still got uh, Matt Breida and Alfred Morris back there. So, uh, there's there's a lot going on there, but what I do really like about the Niners is I think their defense is a unit that's on the rise that could give teams a lot of problems. Obviously, they drafted Nick Bosa this year, uh, number two overall, but you add him in the mix with uh, DeForest Buckner and Solomon Thomas, who I think I heard they were going to try to trade, actually. Still hasn't oh, happened yet. Oh, no, but, really? Yeah, yeah, Whoa. before the draft. But I don't know. So I don't know if he's still going to be there, a former first-round guy from Stanford. But also, you've got... Uh, you got Richard Sherman and former Charger Jason Verrett joining the secondary there. So I think this is a defense that could finish inside the. Uh, they, they could be they could be a top unit this year. I think they're very interesting. Interesting to see that uh, seeing that they're loading up on pass rushers. That's because we know defensively that is the recipe to success in today's NFL is uh, getting those premium edge rushers. So I think the Niners are going to be an interesting team, but I do still have them at number three. Uh, it's it's hard for me to rank them above Seattle or, or, or L.A. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, if what, what a lot of teams do and what makes the most sense is that you have to bolster up the defense first. Like you, you bolster up the defense first and you can get away with, you know, having like a very mediocre subpar quarterback. You know, you can get away with it because, you know, because you just need like 10, maybe 9, 13 points in your set. You know, if you, if you get a defense like, like, the, like the Chicago Bears – you know, or, or defense, maybe I would even put up there like the Chargers defense is a very good defense or Vikings. Then you can, you can get away with a lot of these subpar quarterbacks. Like, I don't think, I don't think Nick Foles is anything special, but I think that him being in, the, in Jacksonville, I think he could definitely, you know, make some noise because yeah, that, absolutely. that defense is and, phenomenal. And, you know, speaking of Jacksonville, to add to your point, it was, it was only two years ago that Blake Bortles took the Jacksonville Jaguars to the uh, AFC championship game. So, you know, I think that old saying really rings true is that defense wins championships. So when I look at this division, I think it might be the Rams actually and the Niners that have the, the strongest defensive units here. Yeah, I, it's it, it's just good. It's There's a lot of young teams on the rise building with their defense. And I think that's the way to do it. I think if you have a good defense, you're, you know, it, it's unless you're the Patriots, you know, you're not going to be able to outscore some of these, some of these teams or out, out, you know, maneuver or strategize these teams on the offensive end. So I, I, that's just the way I see it. I, that's why I see the, uh, the NFL kind of playing out. Like, like we said, you know, this is the uh, way too early sort of uh, power rankings for the uh, NFL. And I think that's going to probably wrap this up unless, Matt, you wanted to touch upon any other points or any other hot topics. No, I mean, we could do a couple more shows here where we just go in depth and just rip the Arizona Cardinals on their front office for their bad asset management. But, you know, that, that's a story for another day. I think, yeah, we've spent a lot of time here talking about these early power rankings that are probably going to be completely wrong by the time the season's over. So what we'll do is we'll save this and we'll, we'll come back to this after the season to see how, how, how smart we all are, or, or, or maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see the way this pans out. 
and there's you know there's there's the preseason going on and the off season training and everything like that. It'll be it'll be definitely um, definitely be really interesting moving forward. But you know it's it's been a blast. Thank you guys for listening so much, Matt. Been yeah, thanks but so much for listening. Hey, yeah. we've been talking about this for a while, so thanks for having me on today. Let's uh, make this a regular thing. Yes, definitely, definitely. We'll talk some more football and. Hopefully, we'll be uh, the bears of good news in terms of the Chargers and the Rams. <laughs> yes, hopefully, right, hopefully. Get... Yes, yes. The... And thank you, Matt. And uh, this is Instant Replay Sports Talk Show. And uh, you guys have a good day. All right. Thanks, everyone. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.